Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, here we are back for the Fields Brothers Show podcast coming to you not live, but from, let's see if I can say it right. Evidently, I said it wrong. Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm in Central Kentucky. You've only had this nine years now, Jeff. Nine (laughs) years. Yeah. So evidently, Roger called me. I accidentally said Moonlight Fields Wedding Field or something like that. It's a wedding farm, Jeff. It's a wedding farm. And we are here to talk about what it's like uh, here in Kentucky as we live on this side of the cross. The cross made an incredible difference, and we cannot emphasize that enough. And when we don't see that significance and when we try to mix what life was like before the cross and what life is like after the cross, it just does not work. So we appreciate you listening to us, and we are looking forward to this time. And before I forget, Roger, you know, sometimes we forget – we don't think ahead in, in, in terms of what day our podcast is going to be coming out. But yeah. I think we need to note that this podcast, I think, if, I assume you do in the order that I think, yeah. uh, will be coming out on Father's Day. Yeah, right. It will be. So we're not recording this on Father's Day, but it's being up. it will be uh, uploaded on Father's Day. Do you have anything to say regarding Father's Day? Yes, to all you dads out there, I just want to say happy Father's Day. That is really touching, that was, Roger. <laughs> what were you looking for, Jeff? Something a little more uh, in-depth, more heartfelt? What? No, have a great day out there, Daz. We appreciate you and love you. And we do, obviously, Roger and I. Um, we're tremendously blessed um, by the, the dad that, that God very put in true. our lives. Yeah, very true. And very true. Um, he, uh, he passed away be almost seven years ago here in a few weeks. Yep. And uh, we miss him dearly, but, but so thankful for the... The uh, the long healthy life that uh, God gave him, and for uh, the influence he is in our in our lives, and also I mean he was he was quite influential in a lot of people's lives, and we still hear about that. Mm-hmm. Oh from yeah, time to time. Yeah, so yeah, we sure do. He was on the city council. He had a pretty big job at the University of Kentucky. Um, he was director of an elder. So was, yeah. I mean, everything that the university bought yeah. went through him for what thirty years. I mean, yeah, know, a long time. Yeah, and um, an elder in in a the largest congregation in Lexington and, and very well known. And so we're, we're very thankful for that and for his influence. So a lot of different stuff I want to get to Roger, but first of all, I have a huge announcement to make. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, this is big. This uh, is yeah. huge. <laughs> I'm sure it is. All right. And it's also a I'm little different. There's a, there's a twist to it. There's a twist. Okay. After much thought and consideration, oh boy, I have decided to once again, volunteer for the Barbersaw Golf Tournament. You know, I was going to say, surely but, this is not about the Barbersaw Golf but Championship wait, again. It's not what you're thinking. All right. I'm not going to be a marshal at the golf tournament. you be a hole captain? They, no, that would still be a marshal. You're, oh. you're, you're, certain thought, marshals are the hole captain. Of, oh, I but, didn't know so that. So that's, that's well, part I'm of the sorry, same thing. I didn't you're know just, the ranking. You really the, uh, exposed your ignorance yeah, there. I sure did, yeah. They have different committees. And so I looked at the different committees, and I thought, well, maybe I want to Mix it up a little bit, you know, a new challenge to learn something new. What is so, it? Well, like before I was on the Marshall committee. So oh, each, each so of these jobs, you know, Teresa's on the hospitality committee. They, I got, they, okay, you know, all this all right, stuff. All right. Or there's, um, 
volunteer hospitality or something like that. Anyway, they have a committee. I mean, I'm just telling you, if somebody asked me, Roger, could you think of anything more boring than golf? I, I could think of but they said, well, what if you were on a, a committee. committee about golf? Well, that would, that would do it. Yeah, that would, that would be. A... There's still openings, by the way. Yeah, okay. if, if you're kind of, sounds like you're kind of on the fence there. Yeah, kind right. Put me down as a maybe. Okay. okay. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, they've got like, I don't know, 12 or 15 different committees. Some seem more appealing, but anyway, they oh, have some a, seem appealing, uh, more appealing, more than appealing others, than but, others. So you don't want to match. You know, we want to be in one that matches up with my skill set, and so <laughs> so one of the be? you have a skill set with golf. Okay, with, one of the committees is called the Golf Channel Committee. All right. So this it will be July. I think it's like 15th through 18th. It's the same weekend as the British Open. It always is. So. While the, the top players are over on the other side of the pond playing in the British Open, the ones that are kind of on their way up and some of the ones that are kind of on their way down um, come to uh, Central Kentucky to play in the Barbersall Championship, and it is televised on the Golf Channel. And so all four days, because the big networks I will be covering the British Open. I think it's sad that we have a Golf Channel. Oh, it's, 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 channel. It's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> You're missing out on it. Okay. So there's a committee for the Golf Channel, and it said the requirements for – those on this committee, there was like three or four different qualifications. One, you had to be familiar with uh, the rules and etiquette of golf, which I am. Oh, let me th- had- let me guess as what the qualifications would be to be on a committee for a okay, golf. Okay, yeah. Check. See if you can guess a All couple right. more. You you drink a. Uh, 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 Arnold Palmer once no, a week. No, uh, no, all right, no, all right, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Um, let's see. You wear you only wear polo shirts. And shorts in the no, summertime. No, that's got to be. No. That's got to be one. Um, you lie about your golf game and you shave no, off strokes. No, 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 and, no, no. Okay, no, no, all right, no. go ahead. All right, the uh, you have to be somewhat familiar with that particular course, uh, the Champions right. Course at, at uh, Keene Trace. Which are you familiar I, with that? I played it several times, so I'm familiar enough with it. All right, and not counting when I was on Marshall on it as well, in case you forgot. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't forget. How and, can I forget what you remind us? Every and you, and you have to be able to walk a lot. Whereas Marshall, you're kind of sitting in a chair most of the time. Then you stand up to hold your little cardboard sign up. But here you're walking the course. And the final qualification, have to be able to use a two-way radio. What do you think of that? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think, boy, what a skill set they have required. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the difference between a two-way radio and a phone is, but I assume there's some, but I think, I don't know exactly what well, it's yeah, going to be. yeah, you hit a button in a radio. You don't have to dial somebody's number like you would a phone. I guess so, whatever. But, and you don't so hang I'm, up. I'm assuming they will teach us that. Yeah, you get instant communication. But I think what it is, we will get to be kind of pretty close to the players, or you know, we will talk back to the Golf Channel announcers to give them some kind of on the ground insights so like, of what's going so on. So on live TV, they're not hear you. They won't no, hear right. your I don't, voice. Yeah, I don't get or to speak. Or not live, but they'll hear you. Well, it'll be live, but they, no, they won't okay. hear me. It's but they'll hear you. Like you're the announcers saying, will hear me. He's going to putt now. No, no, no. It's like he, he gets ready to make a shot, and, and I may tell the announcers, it's a seven iron. And so, you know, they can tell their audience, okay, he's, he's hitting a seven iron here. Really? And they don't tell them. Yeah, so we can give them well, information. if you get it wrong, then or, we say it's yeah. a seven iron, you go, Oops, it's a five hour. <laughs> it's a six or maybe a nine. I can't tell. It's either a six yeah, or a, a nine. I'm a not nine. sure. <laughs> or if, you know, we maybe look at if, if the ball is off in so the rough, we may be able to see what kind of a line. We may be able to tell the announcers, okay, that thing is really buried down the there. Or, uh, so, so, you get, I, so, so you feed information to the broadcast. I think so. Really? You know, well, I that sounds yeah, kind of fun. I, th- I, I think mean, that's impressive. Know, I mean, if there's any, you know, 
committee I'd want to be on. That might be no, it. I'm sure they will teach us how to be somewhat tactful. So I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not supposed to say, you know, at a par three, uh, hey, John Daly, what club you hit there? You know, I, I don't think we, I think we have to be more discreet. You can't than ask that. the, can you ask questions Anything? of the golfers? I mean, no, 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 not golfers directly. I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. They're going to, but you know, right. so, you know, if I, you know, John I'm Daly sure there's the, protocol to it if it's about golf, you know. So if I, you know, if I see that John Daly's in a seven iron, you know, I might just say, John, I don't know. That's playing I, a little longer. I think I, you might want to go with the six. Okay. Or, so. I'm begging you. Can we change topics now? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, got a lot to dive. We may not get anything real, uh, real meaty on this one. Um, I am excited about leaving here in a couple of days. Teresa and I are going on a trip to Texas. I want to remind you of that to Dallas, Texas yep. for the Network 220 convention. Uh, we'll be coming back on Sunday, Father's Day. By, so by the time this is uploaded, we'll already be on our way back. But this is the convention that you and I spoke at a couple years yep. ago in Baton Rouge. They um, did not have it last year. So looking forward to having it again. We did not get invited to speak this year, which is fine. You know, they have lots of good fellows. Well, I don't think it's fine at all. I, so, I was kind of hurt. <laughs> you're kind of bitter. That's why you're I'm not going. Bit, huh? I'm not going. I'm going to show them I'm just not going to go. So for anyone listening to this that might be there, and there would be some people listening there, that I, I will be there, and I will have a book table where I will be hawking our book, which go. is called, what's the name of our book? Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. Available on Amazon for about 10 bucks, Or you can get it at the convention for 10 bucks. Well, there so, you go. So you can <laughs> uh, pretty much already marked it down. Save as much on as shipping we, if you're not a prime member. Huh? Okay. Right. I noticed something recently among listening to other Bible teachers and preachers, Roger. Yeah. And I bet you've noticed the same thing. Well, a couple different things. One of the ones, we hear the term the Bible Belt. And I don't know, I got a general idea of where that is in the country. It's kind of the southeastern part of the country yeah, or Midwest yeah, type yeah. of thing. But how many times, I'm going to start a sentence and see if you complete it. All right. Have you heard a preacher say something like, you know, we are here in the Bible Belt. In fact, we are pretty much the buckle, buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah. I've heard preachers in Kentucky say that. I recently saw one online in Georgia say that. I've heard preachers in Texas say that. I'm pretty sure they say it probably in Tennessee and Arkansas and Oklahoma, which raises the question, how many buckles, how many buckles? are in I the Bible I always kind of thought it was Nashville. Is that not right? Was Nashville not considered the... Well, I'm sure they I claim mean, it. They claim that. Okay. But I mean, just my point is that... Nobody knows. Okay. Everybody claims to be the buckle of the Bible belt. but Maybe it's the spenders instead of a belt anyway. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the spenders. But, but uh, getting a little more serious here that... I saw someone on, on YouTube the other day preach another state. Uh, I was not familiar or not familiar much with him. And he always had some good things to say, but other things I think it was way off. But one thing that, that's beginning to bother me when I listen to, to a teacher preacher and they say, you know, I'm just teaching the Bible. I'm <laughs> just I'm just like you know, I'm I'm just teaching the Bible as if if, we, if your statement comes anywhere out of the Bible, even if it's out of context, it was it was said to somebody who is not in the New Covenant. It doesn't matter as long as I pull it out of the Scripture, it's good and, to go. I mean, so we think about how many different Bible teachers and preachers all make that same claim. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying what the Bible says. Yeah. And then say something that totally contradicts what somebody else is saying, and they're making that same claim. I'm yeah. just saying what the Bible says. And it's sad because, you know, in each one congregation – most of the people listening to him don't really know that much about the Bible or, or haven't read the Bible yeah. as much as he And so they're assuming that he knows more than they do and that if he said and it's kind of, it's kind of like saying you can't disagree with me. And I think it's 
manipulative and it's dumb is what it is. It, well, I mean, yeah. it just doesn't, you know, doesn't. It's, not the, the, it's, it's like all of the Bible is equal, has equal weight to it, and it doesn't. You know, what, it, what Paul said to us as believers under the new covenant is not the same mm-hmm. thing as what Isaiah may have said in the book of Isaiah. He said it right under his covenant, and he has some good prophecies about the new covenant, but it's not the same thing. First two rules of Bible interpretation. Who is speaking and to whom are they speaking? That's and there the should second be some more rules. Like, important. what about what covenant was it under when yeah, they well, that, said that, it? You know. That relates to to whom are they speaking? Yeah, are they well. speaking to people one way or the other? But in that same, uh, the same one I watched on YouTube, and it was quite a, well, I listened to it more because I was listening to it in the car in bits and pieces. It was a long message. And again, some things that were pretty good, but... Uh, the preacher said something that really I, it kind of surprised me that he would be that blunt about it. And he talked about, he was not Baptist, but he talked about that they were in an area where there are a lot of Baptists. And he said the Baptists kind of have a stronghold on the cross. And I thought, ooh, that's, I mean, we usually use the term stronghold in a negative way. And what he was meaning by that is he, he's seen groups that emphasize the cross strictly in terms of eternal destiny and getting someone to walk an aisle or to raise a hand and say a prayer. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of, anything goes after that. And that's all they're concerned about is getting converts. And they're not concerned about what those converts live like after that. So in that way, but then he said, I, he said, Jesus never asked me to die for him. And so this, this man said he was more focused on the life of Jesus. And I mean, I know what I thought. What do you think of when you? Well, when I mean, you hear he's, like he's that? honest. A lot of people just focus on the life of Jesus because they don't talk about the price that he paid for our redemption, paying the price in full. They want to talk about him being an example. They want to talk about his teachings, kind of the style and the way he, he related to people, which is all good stuff. But it's as if, and we've said many times, Jesus was born, you know, taught, grew up, taught, did some miracles, and just went straight back to heaven. And for a lot of people, their theology wouldn't change if he had just done yeah. it that way. That's where that a lot of this this message was that way. But you know, I thought of Paul when he said, "I come to the Corinthians, you know, writing to the Corinthians, I came to you knowing nothing but Him, Christ, and Him crucified." Yeah. Talks about the power of the cross, Galatians six. I boast in nothing except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, by whom I am crucified to the world yeah. and the world to me. Let me give so. you another little little math uh, thing here. On the, we, I don't know if we've ever said before. You know, Jesus lived uh, thirty three years, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Gospels, um, the third, about, well, actually about a fourth, about 25% of the Gospels' writings, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is centered on one week. One yeah. week out of 33 years. So what percent? 20, about 25? 25%. Okay. I mean, a, a big chunk. I know of the Book every, of Mark. Yeah, like, it's big like chunk. third of the Book of Mark. Yeah. Is. A big chunk of the, uh, is telling the story of our redemption, mm-hmm. how Jesus paid the price for us. You know, which I think is amazing. Like you would think, I mean, after a thirty-three year life, that maybe, you know, a chapter or, or chapter and a half would maybe be devoted yeah. to his death and maybe resurrection. But I mean, anyway. So that tells you the value, the weight that the writers put upon what Jesus did for us to have that much scripture focusing on a small um, slice of time that week that he died. And then also the epistles. You know, in terms of, you know, never referred to his life at all. Yeah. 
you know, they'll, really they'll, interesting. You know, yeah. they'll talk about the death and the resurrection, the significance really, of that, but they never it, talk about it's ama- isn't that the life amazing? of Jesus. I mean, really, yeah. that still amazes me. They don't quote the parables. You know, we've talked. You know, I'm just now thinking about except this, except yeah. for one story. Remember, we've brought the Lord's Supper when Jesus talked right. about the Lord's First Supper. Corinthians. First Corinthians 11, Paul does quote Jesus and talk in reference to his prophecy about his own life or his own death, rather. And that's. And the Lord's Supper is to commemorate and to remember his death. And so they quote him on that, and that's it. They don't quote the Sermon on the Mount. And that one phrase where they do quote him, it says, and I mean, the exact quote is, this is the blood of the new covenant. The only quote that Paul gives or the other writers direct from that we have from the Gospels down the book of Acts, it refers to, you know, has a quote there, but that we don't even have in the Gospels. But the one quote, Whereas Jesus talks about the new covenant. And it's like I hear I hear preachers all the time say, Well, I read the red. You know, that's the red yeah. text in the King James that was the, the words of Jesus. And I'm thinking, I don't know that Paul read the red. I mean, he didn't quote from the red that much. So, you know, I think there again, the point being that what you know, Jesus selected Paul on the road to Damascus to be a primary, a central figure in explaining the new covenant to Gentiles. And so Paul did, you know, Paul explained what happened, the reality of living on this side of the cross where we believe Jesus preached mainly to the Jews to get them to come to a point where they realized that they needed a Savior, that they needed a cross. And it's, you know, we talked before about that the, the epistles don't quote Jesus. I guess I hadn't really thought about the fact that they don't even refer to aspects of his life other than, you know, they don't, even in the third person, they don't refer to the te- you know, direct teaching. Now, Boy, some of the things are similar. They refer a lot to, to the cross and the crucifixion and the resurrection. Refer but, a lot to that. But yeah. this idea that you know, the man said he doesn't focus on the cross, I think where what he does not understand, what a lot of people do not understand, and what I'm, don't, you know, I'm sure I don't fully understand myself, is that I, it's a huge mistake when we associate the cross and the work of the cross with just a matter of our eternal destiny. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That, okay, yeah, Jesus died for our oh. sins. We don't go to hell. And that is the emphasis to- and only. So, totally agree. So it's kind of like if, yeah. if you know you're born again, if you know you've been forgiven, then you can kind of move on from yeah, the right, cross right. after that. Exactly. And I think that's I, what, what I, he is. And I was stunned. I had this conversation with a, a minister. I think it was a youth pastor several years ago. And he was talking about how, you know, the emphasis on the cross. He goes, yeah, but what do you do then? I mean, after people, well, <laughs> okay. I, what I'm not saying is, you know, you kind of get this understanding of the cross, then you move on to other stuff. It is a part of your life from there on out. That Jesus, I mean, every day you live in gratitude, uh, joy and peace and love come from absorbing that, believing that, understanding that, that what Jesus did for you is a is something you live on, that power Every day, right, and in a, at least a couple different things ways come to my mind. Is one, it's it's it is the ultimate demonstration of His love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The Romans five, God commends His love toward us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so it's a we focus on the cross among other things as a reminder of the love that God has for us, and we cannot be reminded of that too much. But also this, this verse I quoted from Galatians about you know. By which, talking about the cross, I am crucified to the world and the world to me. That the power to overcome the draw of the world, the power to be free of you know the sins that would bring us down and, and harm our lives, all that comes through understanding the cross. And the Romans 6, 6 thing, that we have been crucified with him. Everybody knows, every believer knows that Christ died for us. Very few believers know that we died 
with him. And so that's where the cross every day, we, we know that we've been crucified with him. And I thought, I, I, I thought of the term tandem crucifixion. So you've heard of tandem yeah. parachuting. Yes. You know, when someone goes yeah. parachuting, have you ever, you never gone skydiving, did you? No, that's a whole other story, but no, I did <laughs> not get to go. But two of my, well, at least one, I think two of my sons have been skydiving. And one of them has a, a license plate holder that talks, says something like, I'd rather be skydiving. He's only done it once or twice, but someone sees that, and they may think <laughs> he, does he does it every, every weekend. Week, yeah, every weekend, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so tandem skydiving is, you know, they, they strap you to the pro, they, they strap you to the one, the experienced teacher, and you're just kind of along for the ride. And so the crucifixion, what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of believers don't realize, was a tandem crucifixion. Yeah. That we were with him, our old self. Our yeah. old self was with him, crucified on the cross. I thought the other day, it's interesting that when Jesus resurrected and he met with the disciples, you know, Thomas said, I want to see the nail prints in your hands. And they were still there. You know, his glorified body, mm-hmm. after resurrection, he still had the markings yeah. of the nail prints. So I think if we could see our spiritual hands, yeah. We would see nail prints. Have you ever heard hands. the question, what's the only thing in heaven that was made on earth? Have you ever heard of that? And the, the, was that, the, was that answer, the answer? answer to that is the nail stars, scars of Jesus. I had not heard that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I thought, now this is going to get a little corny, but <laughs> it crossed my mind. So I'm going to, you know, so I, the idea that if you could see your own hands, you have nail prints spiritually, you know, the spiritual hands because we were nailed to the cross That's a part of that. with yeah. Christ. But I thought nail prints in the hands is even better than footprints in the sands. How you like that? You just set, you set me up for that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the old poem about yeah. footprints oh, in the sand. I, I, which, yes, if I know the, what you're talking about. I, I mean, it makes a good point, so I don't want yeah. to put that down too much. But, you know, you know, Jesus is not just walking side by side with us. We are one with him. Right. So right. I think the, the better thing to focus on is not the footprints in the sands, right. but the nail prints in the hands. So I think we can market that, and, you know, we could come up with T-shirts I don't and, know. and everything. Yeah, I, so. I don't know, Jeff. We want to market anything. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I mean, I get, I'm with you. All right. Back to our trip to Texas. Start winding this down. Uh, Thursday, uh, again, this will already be a few days in the past by this time uploads. Uh, we are going to Waco, Texas to see um, this this couple named Chip and Joanna Gaines. Is that their name? You familiar with them? Yeah, they're the house renovation people. Yes. yes. And you they have, meet they have, with them? No. Oh. Well, I, I, you I don't know. You watch know. the show? What are you going to do? What no, you, no, what no, you, no. What are you doing? What are you, what they have a about? place there called uh, the Silos at Magnolia or something like that. I don't Different know. types what? of stores. You don't know about that? No. Different well, types of stores it. and food trucks. Everybody, you know, food trucks are all the buzz now really? all over the place. And um, so it's like their little area of town. Yeah, they, or they, what? they bought out kind of I think a rundown part of town and have fixed it up, and it is quite a tourist attraction. Huh. So wow. we are Didn't we are going there. And if time allows, as a realtor, I guess I should know that kind of stuff. You really should. They're, they're, okay. And if time allows, we may go to the Dr Pepper Museum. You're an expert on that, didn't you? Didn't you well, talk I about saw that one a time? Really interesting documentary about it. Now, what? What town is this? Near Waco. Yeah, there's actually another town that's. Is it? Um, yeah, Waco's involved, but there's another town that was actually more in, in, involved with the controversy over Dr. Pepper, though. Yeah, I remember we said something I about forget, that. I forget, but yeah, remember. they were. Okay, yeah. But anyway, yes, okay. Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco. And last thing, how many, uh, a pop quiz on you here. How many oceans are there? Five, aren't there? Five oceans? Name them. Um, well, Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Well, there's seas, there's Mediterranean, there's Arctic, Arctic Ocean. Arctic, okay, so you got Atlantic, Pacific, and I'm going somewhere with this, kind of. 
Uh, Indian Ocean. Indian, Arctic, Atlantic, Atlantic Pacific, right? Yeah, Atlantic Pacific, Indian. Um, the only one that I can remember off the top it's of my head. It's a four. Well, see, what is, evidently you've not been reading up on this. We have a brand new ocean. You and I were taught well, in school. how many do we there, have now? Well, we, you kind of stumbled on it by accident. We do have five now, but we used to only have four. Okay. So we, you and I were taught the four that so you we, mentioned. So we lost a planet and gained an ocean. You know, we lost Pluto. Pluto, yeah. Really. I thought we got Pluto back. We get Pluto, we yeah, we may have gotten okay. Pluto back, yeah. But we, we got a brand new ocean. I think that's pretty cool. It's the Southern Ocean. It's the part that's around Antarctica that evidently they decided is different enough in makeup to be be named separately, the National Geographic folks named it so separately. We have the, so it's on the different other, opposite pole of the Arctic Ocean. Correct, and they call it the Southern Ocean since you know right at the South Pole is land covered by ice, so well, it's not. I but didn't so we have know a, that. Uh, isn't that exciting? A brand new ocean, and you didn't even know it. You learned it here. The so. things you learn by listening <laughs> to this podcast. Did not know that. That's pretty much all I got. You got anything else? Hey, let me just bring us some really kind of interesting. That's probably not the greatest thing to close on, but you know. Actually, well, well, Charles Stanley is in big trouble. Did you hear about this? No. And for for something you would never ever think about. Okay, he's evidently promoting a brand of CBD oil. Oh, okay. Hemp is called. Um, let's see, it's called Eagle Hemp CBD. And I guess it's helped him. You know. Yeah. And I guess, but there's a lot of people. I haven't heard anything with, about him one way or the other yeah. for a long time. So I have well, no idea what he's. Doing this, these days. Is, this is one thing he's doing. Okay. Which I thought was serious. I don't care whether he promotes CBD oil or not. You know, it's not the same thing as marijuana. Kind of reminds me know. of it's kind of like Joe Namath and all these other guys that are ever you know all these yeah. celebrities from years ago are advertising all these pain relievers now. So yeah. it kind of kind of fits in that code. Yeah, that's true. That's what you do. <laughs> I guess you. Well, let me let me finish on a finish on yeah, a bring us around. I'm sorry. Finish on a positive <laughs> note, a spiritual note here. Hebrews 12, 2, familiar verse, but uh, half of it I think we overlook. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Someone says, well, yeah, I believe, but what if someday I don't believe? You know, then I can lose That's it. That's a great point. Jesus is not only the author, he is the finisher of our faith. That is good news. I like that. Very cool. Now, I'm going to tee up our next podcast a little bit, Jeff. Okay. I'm going to ask you if you know what religion breath is. Religion breath. Religion breath. We'll talk about that in the next okay. podcast. I, I have right. no idea where yeah. you're going with yeah. it. We'll see. All right.